messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages, a very special After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials, we talk about the good ones, and the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Nobody asked you, Kevin! My name is Andrew Walsh. I am here with Genevieve Has. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. You want to host this thing? I, I thought I was. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of clever new ways to introduce you each week. It's working out. <laughs> the audience is loving it. Uh, we have somebody else to help us host today, by the way, making a return appearance. I believe appearance number three on this podcast. I believe you. <laughs> her name, you know her well, hopefully at this point, Rosen Saez, associate editor at Seattle Met Magazine, but more importantly, a dear friend of ours. And someone who hosted the uh, the special Super Bowl edition of After These Messages last year, while Genevieve and I were out gallivanting in Costa Rica, I was doing I was doing your work, doing you your were. job. I'm happy to be back. The check clear on that? It did not. But that's also why I came back. I just needed to <laughs> do some bookkeeping here. <laughs> that's on me for bringing it up. Really, you would have thought that I would just sat on that. By the way. We invited uh, Nick Jarn, your boyfriend and co-collaborator in these things, uh, to join us, but he is harder to book than yeah. I thought he would be. Yeah, he's a little—he caught whatever Tom Brady had yesterday. A little <laughs> under the weather. <laughs> oh, he's he, not a hundred percent. Has he been sitting on a football field looking sad? Yeah, that's the and number one symptom. <laughs> he's just been slowly wiping away one tear all day. <laughs> um, well, thank you for being here. Uh, you and Nick did come over to watch the game with us. I could tell he was starting to flag a little bit as the game wore on. He's caught whatever's going around, but yep. um, but it's fun to have you guys here, and of course, uh, as Genevieve likes to say, and I like to um, just keep saying it until it lacks any kind of humor at all, the Super Bowl is like our Super Bowl, yeah. or the Super Bowl of commercials, or how else could I make that less funny? I don't know. We've, we've really beaten the stuffing out of it. <laughs> well, do you guys have anything else that we should talk about here in the introduction before we get into a roundup of yesterday's Super Bowl ads? Let's round them on up. Equal the Super Bowl shuffle for just like just unironically trying to have fun because this is the music I insist on using uh, anytime we do a Super Bowl roundup. I realize I need to start rooting to get the Bears in the Super Bowl again. They have to be like a number four team, right? Browns, Seahawks, Vikings, and then the Bears. Okay, is that problematic to have both the Vikings and the Bears? I guess they're in the same division. I think. Probably. I don't know anything. I'm here for the commercials. Am I right? <laughs> um, but Do you yeah. think if they got into the Super Bowl, they would somehow yes. revitalize yes. the Super Bowl shuffle? I do think so. That would very, be very much so. And yeah. I think I would enjoy it. Because the NFL loves to have fun. As we'll talk about, there's a pretty good NFL commercial that played last night. And I could totally see them leaning into 
into that. Well, I will say that uh, if there are winners and losers in the um, kind of Super Bowl commercial day after conversation, that one that you just referenced is on a, the top of almost everybody's list that I heard today. But that's because maybe because I watch or I listen to um, sports radio and it was a sports related ad. Um, but that seemed to be getting a lot of buzz. That was the one with uh, Eli uh, Manning and um, Odell Beckham Jr. recreating the the romantic dancing. Was it Dirty Dancing? The big lift from Dirty Dancing. Right. How little you know. And it's done really well. I would play it for you here, but it's like, it's, it's all just, visual. It's just I had the time of my life, which we've all heard. But let's, let's, let's get to our scene of that only and just pretend that it was the ad that we're watching. <laughs> Just, just play a scene from Dirty Dancing and just watch it. Yep. I do enjoy watching Dirty Dancing. Did you just come over here so you could use our bandwidth to watch your favorite scenes from 80s movies? Yeah. What was your Wi-Fi password again? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, let's start, uh, as you say, Veeves, with the, uh, uh, the best and worst in our own opinions. Is that Odell Beckham one, does that top either one of your lists? It doesn't top my list, but it is up there. I mean, it was a pleasant one and it was fun. And the NFL does kind of like this meta commercial when they're not when we're not watching football watch other football players right. not playing football <laughs> right it's just full circle but was it was it yours Vives? because no. i have something i want to say about it so before the moment passed i just want to say it's not my not my number one it would probably be my number two but what i thought really really worked about it something that as i was re-watching these commercials today and comparing them to my experience of watching them during the super bowl now we had a little super bowl party but there were seven of us over here it was not an overwhelming crowd and we were mostly kind of cognizant of when the commercial breaks were on and everybody was trying to be kind of quiet but there's something that goes on at any Super Bowl watching which is even if you shut up for the first ad of a break everybody's reacting to that ad by the second one and people are talking over the next ad or at least the first 15 seconds of that next ad so they've got to be really simple and there were some really complicated storytelling ads yesterday that did not make a lot of sense until you rewatch them again today quietly by yourself. Mm -hmm. The Odell Beckham, Eli Manning one to me is really what the advertisers need to be doing on Super Bowl Sunday, which is it's visual. You can catch on 15 seconds and you're like, Oh wait, are they doing? Oh, because that dance, the dance. So, and I, I did wonder about this. Was there any, was there any uh, jockeying to be either, you know, to be the Patrick Swayze character? So uh, Eli plays the Patrick Swayze role mm-hmm. and he does the big jump, which Patrick Swayze does off the stage. And then Manning does the somewhat awkward version of the like the shoulder roll walking dance. And then he does the finger, you know, uh, like sort of come hither right. gesture to Beckham. Beckham runs. They do the lift. Do you think they really do you think that's the real? Do you think they really did the lift? They I, had to have. I want to say so. I think they probably. I mean, I think, I like I think he think was so. on strings. I think that they yeah. they like edited out wires. You think so? I do. I want to believe that they did in my heart. I mean, they are athletic guys, obviously, but that's a very specific kind of athleticism. Yes. And Odell Beckham, although he is the smaller of the two men, is not a small man. Right. And also... Maybe that's how they decided the taller no, one got to be Swayze. No team is going to let their... T- and of course, Odell Beckham Jr. missed a bunch of games this year anyway for an injury. Like, you're not going to mess around for an NFL commercial of injuring either one of those That's people. why I think that even if it wasn't totally digital, that there was some... 
there was some assistance going on there. Yeah. There's some effects going on. But anyway, that would be my number two because I think everybody just found it pleasurable. It didn't it didn't have to be super over the top, but you were able to understand it and grasp onto it even in a kind of a crowded room. Yeah. And then it shut the room up and everybody was like, oh, that's great. So anyway, kudos to that one. So let's start with you, Rose. And then what is your number one? Well, my number one kind of piggybacks off of that Eli and Odell one, which is they employed music in a really smart way in that commercial. It was familiar and good, and um, you have that connection to it. So similar similar to that, my favorite was the um, Doritos versus Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. I think that was just fun. Also, two recognizable people that we hold near and dear to our hearts. And then also, we had two uh, hip-hop artists and rappers that again, beloved. So I think they just did a really simple formula of that, but executed it really well in a fun way. So this is the ad that this was for like a dual ad for some two new products, right? Doritos Blaze Mm -hmm. versus Mountain Dew Ice. Obviously, two different ends of the heat spectrum. Fire and ice, if you will. Fire and ice, yes. Oh, that didn't even occur to me. Is that why Dingle... I think that's why Dinklage was involved. Yeah. Okay. So, and we played a teaser for this. At least that is a reference point, not why he was involved necessarily, but. And they'd release a little, like, what, 10 second teaser that we played? I think we played on the show a couple weeks ago. We did, where Morgan Freeman representing for Mountain Dew Ice and Peter Dinklage representing for Doritos kind of face off and and sort of flex at each other a little bit. And then you know, clearly more to come. And then they, and I think they really delivered. I'm with you, Rose, and I loved this one. And then what they end up doing for the actual ad that aired yesterday is they face off again, but individually we just see them rapping to two different songs. And the well, first... syncing Or I'm sorry, lip syncing. So the first is Dinklage uh, lip syncing to Busta Rhymes here. In a, in a room full of fire. And he's really, he's really uh, leaning into it, and you see a photo of Busta Rhymes kind of like turn and look surprised. Now, I heard a conspiracy theory, and watching this now makes me wonder if it might be true, that they, because this is obviously a very hard song to lip sync to because he's rapping so quickly. Um, somebody said they think that they slowed the rap down in real life and then let him rap to it and then sped up the tape. But then and he had to walk in slow-mo. Watched some of his gestures with his fingers here. Anyway, I'm not saying that I totally Maybe buy into it, but it. little bits of it. It also could just be them trying to imitate that weird Busta Rhymes video style where things are kind of sped up. If, if they did, no shade to Dinklage. It's a hard song. Right. Absolutely. So uh, Dinklage does this uh, by himself. And like you say, Genevieve, this kind of like fancy ballroom. Is it like a ballroom or like a... Sort of like a, a fancy study or like a... a draw, is this a drawing room? I don't know if it's a drawing room. It's got a big fireplace. And it's clearly like in a mansion. Lots but of flammable upholstery. Lots yeah. of... All of, it, all of which is on fire. Then he stops and breathes out a little bit of fire. But it's not over yet. Because here comes Morgan with his Mountain Dew ice. As he walks through the room, he's uh, freezing everything. We didn't mention, too, that uh, on the wall are paintings. In this one, it's uh, it's actually Missy Elliott, and she's 
uh, kind of lip syncing along, and you had busted in the other one as well. So uh, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was fine. But at the very end, they face off against each other. But I'm not even convinced that they're in the same room. That seems like an effect to me. Like they couldn't get these two guys in the same room together. Um, it, I guess, there was a lot of buildup for it, for me just to have them lip syncing. Oh, I, I didn't think like the the things that they can do are, you know, finite. Obviously, yeah. I thought it was very successful. I liked it. I, I like Rosen. I think the way they used music was great. Both of those songs are really recognizable and. I thought gave it a gave it a great feel. Uh, I also wonder if it's the beginning of an ad campaign. It'd be cool if we keep seeing them in in follow up stuff. Yeah. What was your favorite? My favorite, um, although I loved that one, and I thought the the NFL one, the Dirty Dancing NFL one, were great. My favorite is just an ad that I think is incredibly effective, and it's this brief ad for Jeep Wrangler. Oh yeah. Where all you and you can you can play it because there there is a narrative uh, or there's an, a narration to it. It's just a it's a single shot of a Jeep Wrangler driving from the distance and then it drives through a basically through a small river and then up a waterfall and the voiceover tells you why this is so impressive. How many car ads have you seen with grandiose speeches over the years? Big declarations making claims to some overarching human truth. Companies call these commercials manifestos. There's your manifesto. I've never wanted to buy a Jeep in my life until yesterday. That Jeep basically crawling itself out, just basically driving out of this river, this fast-moving river across these rocks. Up a waterfall. It's all one shot as it drives up a waterfall. It doesn't seem like there's any trickeration there. You know what it reminded me of is a Stompers commercial. Did you? Well, I mean, you guys play with Stompers as a kid. It sounds like a truck, a car. Is it a car toy? It was a it was a car toy. Uh, <laughs> let me see if shoe? I can <laughs> find one. Uh, I played with these toys called Stompers. They're what taught me what a double A battery was. They were these little <laughs> trucks. They looked just like that. educational toys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. And you would put uh, one double A battery in it, and they, you would take them outside and play with them. By fours, working lights, detailed design, and four wheel drive battery for each, not included. There are four models. The Chevy Blazer, the Dodge Warlock, the Jeep Honcho, or the Ford Bronco. With battery-powered four-wheel drive, yeah. you can tackle is, is, is any hill. Some kid puts his hand down and the stomper rolls right over it. Over everything. Is, don't you think, I mean, I don't. I can't say that, oh, they were inspired by it, but it like triggered the it, exact same thing in my brain. Yes, I think stompers might actually have been inspired by the real car. Because no, Jeep was no, one of them. No, clearly, but I mean, to... to I love that this is your favorite commercial because it's just so basic. It's I was, got no I was really struck by it. Yeah. We were watching the, sh- the game, and I don't even think it was the first ad after a, uh, you know, a, in the commercial break, but it is really compelling. Mm-hmm. It is a, we talk all the time about like little, you know, successful acting or writing or good jokes and whatnot. I will always remember that that was a Jeep Wrangler commercial. Yeah. I have no trouble remembering it this morning. Yep. And kind of going a little bit to that NFL commercial we were talking about, it j- even if you're not listening to the very beginning of what the um, of what the narration is, or any of the narration, the narration by the time it starts matter. climbing up the waterfall, you're just like, oh my God, look mm-hmm. at that truck or Jeep or yeah. whatever it is. And now I definitely want to buy a stomper i don't know what those are going for <laughs> these days do you actually want to know they're actually i because i because of i'm a certain age you 
go through a certain midlife let's call it a midlife opportunity i uh i do want to go back and buy a bunch of my old toys and i looked them up and the thing is like you can find the pieces parts for it but i think that there's like this whole underground stompers thing going on where prices are pretty expensive for like the bodies and like you can buy ones that don't work but finding an actual complete set that works you have to turn to the black market yeah black stomper market <laughs> it's gonna be a little the bit out underbelly of my... the dark underbelly of you can get one but it's gonna have a rebuilt tranny <laughs> yes and it's gonna cost you a bitcoin or two yes um how about you favorite one well i feel pretty basic saying this uh because <laughs> yeah, I because <laughs> I think it's the kind of the obvious one, but and I was talking about this on TBTL earlier today. I have found that I'm getting less and less interested in Super Bowl commercials, and I think there's a reason for that. And it's not just because I like to go against the grain, but the we started a podcast about commercials because I'm fascinated by them. But I'm fascinated by how they kind of adapt to new medium, you know, or media, I should say. Uh, like, I think of those Geico ads that are, like, 10 seconds long, and it says, you can't even skip this, it's already over. Like, creating something very specific for a new kind of medium. Like, I think that that's really neat. And Super Bowl is, like, we're either going to be weird, we're going to be celebrity, or we're going to show Clydesdales, right? And I'm just kind of, like, over that. But I got to say, Tide really tried to take advantage of this weird medium, yes. not just by their commercials, which we'll talk about in a second, but the weird tie-ins they would do mm -hmm. to the actual NFL voice. Um, there was one moment, and this kind of, I guess I'm telling you this in the wrong order, but there was one moment where the NFL voice says, the Super Bowl is brought to you by Amazon Echo, and what was another sponsor? Uh, uh, avocados from Mexico, and Tide. And tied <laughs> and tied. And all of that was a joke because they had this campaign with the actor uh, David Harbour, and he plays Hopper. Harbour or Harbour? His, I think it's Harbour. Harbour. is he his name. plays Hopper he on plays Stranger Hopper Things. Hopper on Stranger Things. And actually, I should probably dial this up instead of talking so much, but it started with just one commercial where you think he's selling a car and you see him behind it's like a luxury car commercial but then he tells you oh no this isn't a luxury car commercial and then it moves on to another um, kind of cliche maybe a perfume commercial and he says no this isn't a perfume commercial this is a commercial for Tide and he goes on in the first ad which I think is about mm, looks here like it's 45 seconds uh, he keeps on inserting himself in all these all these parody commercials that, that are funny on their face and then his point is every commercial is a Tide commercial as long as your shirt is clean let's see if this translates to the audio yeah just a typical Super Bowl car ad right or a hilarious beer ad <laughs> or whatever ad this is whatever <laughs> It's a Tide ad. What? It's a Tide ad. What makes it a Tide ad? There are no stains. Look at those clean clothes. What else would this be an ad for? A razor? <laughs> no. Tide ad. Cold, refreshing. <laughs> Tide ad. Uh, these are very visual, but like you see the razor ad and it's just like yeah. it's a perfect shot. Like it's just tonally perfect parody of these types of commercials. Meet the all new. No, it's a Tide ad. Tide. <laughs> Little Lexus so, type of action. Does this make every Super Bowl ad a Tide ad? I think it does. And then Watch at the end see. it says, if it's clean, it's got to be Tide. And that just sets up the stage for, I think they brought back one of these per 
Quarter? I might be wrong about I, that's that. That's what I read, that? yeah. The one was that. a parody specifically of the Old Spice ads. Including the Old Spice guy, Mustafa, what's his face? Because they're owned by, I think, Procter & Gamble. I think so, yeah. um, and, and so they had this tie-in. They built this theme. Luke today was at a, we were talking about it. He was at a louder place, and he mentioned, I just thought that people needed to, like, divide up Harbor's time. I was like, why is everybody booking Harbor? Like, it was totally lost on him until really? I told him. Because they, you know... Even with our thing, and we're trying to pay attention. He thought like Harbor was that hot that he's like in everything. He is kind of. This is kind of his moment, so I could see him being in a lot. Nobody's of stuff. got that much of a moment, <laughs> right, right? But anyway, these commercials were great. But then how they tied it into the actual kind of you know pr- production of the Super Bowl. Oh I yeah, I thought, thought it was, was great. great. So remind me which one. So he he's in the he's on the horse. He says the I'm on a horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the like the like the. Uh, Old Spice. Old Spice. Spice. Thank you. Do you want to hear that one? Hello again, ladies. Is your man the kind of man who would climb the height? I'm in a tight head. Nice (laughs) pants. Get off my horse. (laughs) They're both (laughs) on one giant horse. Okay, so there was that one. What else did they do? I remember seeing them. Uh, oh, oh, Mr. Mr. Clean. Clean. So and we've bitched about this Mr. Clean ad before. It's where the uncanny Mr. Clean is doing a sexy dance, but then it turns out it's just her schlubby husband. So this must be Procter and Gamble too, I'll bet. Oh, I assume. Beautiful, like a tie-dye. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, it's a tie-dye. <laughs> so they actually had that uh, uncanny valley Mr. Clean turn into Harbor. Anyway, that that was my favorite, not only because I thought they were just funny and all of those things, but also I just kind of like the taking advantage of the If platform. there's one brand that emerged from the Super Bowl with all of the buzz and all of the, after all the, you know, Monday morning coverage, it's tied. Like, yeah. And they spent a lot of money to get that, but well spent. You know, I've seen, we've seen Super Bowls where somebody spent a ton of money and you're just like... You know, it just feels crappy, and I thought this was a really good use of their money. And I think hiring an an actor like David Harbour, who is recognizable but not quite a household name yet, mm-hmm. is everybody is saying to their friend, you know, the guy from Stranger Things, yeah, Hopper, yeah, yeah. Um, and Tide tried to do this integration thing. Rosen, do you remember? Was it last year? I'm only asking you because you did the show for us last year. Maybe it was the year before. But again, it was integrated where you had Terry Bradshaw for a whole... He was sitting behind his desk with, like, actually doing a Super Bowl segment. But he had a stain on his shirt. And a bunch of people legitimately went to Twitter and like, I can't believe Bradshaw has a stain on his shirt. And then he gets off the set and it turns into the whole thing. Even though it was real content, was then a lead-up to a Terry Bradshaw Tide commercial. Do you guys remember that? I don't recall that for last. I think it might have been a couple of years ago. Yeah, maybe. I remember that. I remember that stunt, but I don't remember which Super Bowl it was associated with. Tide, Tide did well. They definitely needed a a win after everyone keeps consuming their products that they shouldn't be. Yeah, right. (laughs) So they needed this. Yeah, they needed a W. I wonder if, in the grand scheme of things, the Tide Pod eating is going to have been a net negative for them or what? Positive. I think it'll be a net positive. I think if anything, families will be more secure about where they leave it it's probably almost like a good psa don't leave these around your babies or your dumbass teenagers but the teenagers kind of know what they're doing they're they, not swallowing they can go it, to like, yeah they can go yeah. to a store and buy tide pods i guess if they're that determined to chew on them all right so those are our favorites um let's go around the horn on least favorite rosen can we start with you again sure um mine was the 
avocados from Mexico. Oh, okay. okay. And as much as I am a big fan of avocados, they're great. (laughs) Um, I didn't really love the concept of this one so much. Um, The idea that everyone was trapped in this biodome and they had lots of luscious avocados. It was great. It was almost like a tropical setting in there. But chips were left outside. And so there is this crisis. And so the the concept of, no, you guys, it's fine. Please don't freak out. There are other ways to consume avocados like avocado toast. That was the thing that I was like kind of rolling my eyes after. Because who... Who among us still doesn't know that avocado toast is a thing? <laughs> I think that was like... You feel like avocado toast as, in terms of something that we make fun of millennials for and just in general as a punchline has been done to death. Done to death. And then this in this form, it was like, but don't forget about avocado toast. It's like, no, no, we haven't. <laughs> yeah, like that's a very obvious thing. Like if they had yeah. come up with like a almost like tertiary like use for avocados that sure. people really haven't heard about. So I'm going to play this just for the sake of, of playing it. But as, as you already said, Rose, and we see a bunch of people, they're in a biodome. We assume it's like kind of day one. They're about to start this experiment and they're not going to be able to leave this biodome that is uh, uh, in the middle of nowhere. Well, we did it. We sealed the bad out and the good in. Take a second and look around you. Go ahead. We have everything we've always wanted. We'll want for nothing. Excuse me. You, by the way, in a weird thing that I didn't even notice until today, they're showing the biodome, all the scenes of peacefulness and happiness. There's somebody getting a massage in a massage chair. And then you just see Chris Elliott the comedian behind a little table. It's got a sign that says, does it say autographs? Or yeah, something? he's signing his book. He's just signing his book. Does he even have a book? Who knows? <laughs> but the camera only lasts on him for like well, one it comes, second. He, comes, he gets one part. line later. Oh, he gets a line? Yeah, very briefly oh, in the middle that. of the chaos. Okay, so anyway, so right now everything's peaceful, but they're about to realize that they have a bunch of avocados, but the chips are on the other side of the glass and they can't get to them. I really love it here. Thank you. Um, we have all these beautiful avocados from Mexico, but where are the chips? I'm sorry? Oh, the chips. The chips are outside. Why are they outside? The chips are outside! <laughs> chaos ensues. People start beating each other up. That right there, by the way, is my favorite part. The person who was massaging somebody in a massage chair is now taking, has now grabbed the hair on the back of their client's head and is shoving their face into the chair. I want a Chris Elliott autograph. Hi. Uh, yeah, so Chris Elliott does have one line there. I guess he just says, does anybody want an autograph? Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody takes off the head of his uh, cardboard cutout. Um, yeah, I actually, this is probably me not being such a foodie. You're right. Like, yeah, they could have come up with something a little bit more. I guess clever there, but generally speaking, that ad gave me a good feeling. Maybe because I, I think I kind of actively disliked the first one they did two the years human ago. Zoo. Yeah, or, or Alien Zoo, I guess. Yeah, that was. I remember two years ago, and that was, was that the one with Chachi. Yes, that's the one that had Scott Bayo in it, and then that was previ- prior to Scott Bayo was already kind of a like you know a has been and a, something of a kitschy joke, but he wasn't like an out and out 
lunatic right wing Trump supporter. Right. And then he became that uh, over the last year, I guess. And uh, I assume is no longer welcome in the avocados from Mexico campaign. So that just makes me like them a little bit that they didn't include him. Do we remember if there was an avocado from Mexico last year? Because I know it started like this is the third. This would be the third year if they did one last year, because the first one was when you and I were in L.A. Yeah. And I remember just being like avocados from Mexico. That's a new brand to be. It's yeah. a very specific thing to be advertising, especially yeah. during the Super Bowl. I don't know. All I know is that maybe, I mean, it was nice and pl- a pleasant showing for avocados. I will have to say maybe the avocado toast for me is the Scott Bayo of avocado toast <laughs> for you guys. I could, I could see that. Um, Vives, what was your least favorite? Well, my least favorite aired just before the game began, but it was after the pregame show, so I'm counting uh, it. I know, I think I know. And maybe it is the M&M yeah. commercial with Danny DeVito. Um, this was... There was still a there was still another one that ran during the actual Super Bowl where I think he gets turned back into an M M&M. and M. Was there a closure on that? Because there was the one that was released last week, and we already played it, and it's the one where an M M&M and M gets turned into an M M&M, and M, and then he gets turned into Danny DeVito. I didn't see one that like added to the narrative I, yesterday. I read, I think I saw oh. that there was, but this this is not that. This is something that was played in the essentially right before the game started, and he is just rolling around. Danny DeVito, an adult man is rolling around in a vat of chocolate and it is unpleasant. And it's an uh it's kind of a overhead shot directly down at him. You mm-hmm. just see the big uh white M on his red t-shirt at first, very very iconic branding. And then it pulls out, the camera pulls out, pulls out and we realize, oh, he's he is just the rest of his body is he's swimming just smearing around himself with in chocolate with chocolate whatever their whatever substance they're using to pass for chocolate and then and at the end isn't what there, is this brand thinking is that the, what is the joke should i play this Go there's ahead a and play boom it. mic there's, a, there's some sort the of end, boom right? mic operator joke but it's just visually so disgusting it's only 15 seconds Ooh, that sound is so gross mm, super bowl Yeah, it's unclear. Like, like at one point, we cut to a boom mic operator who's ga- ca- capturing all of that gross sound you're hearing. Yeah, uh, who just looks kind of disgusted. I guess he speaks for the audience. Yeah, the sound of that is really a, a sound like I don't well, want to put that in my mouth. Very off putting. Riddle me this: What are they thinking with that? Like, you are a candy. You are a food stuff. Like I and as I said on last week's show, I would eat M and M's from a fire hose. Like <laughs> I love chocolate and I love M and M's; they're delicious. It is so unpleasant to associate their product with this image. What if it was a sexier man? No, I mean it's gross. It is grosser that it's Danny DeVito, but it wouldn't make it. It wouldn't be net positive. And that's not even necessarily body shaming. It's just that Danny DeVito has cultivated this character of being a very ugly person inside and out, going back to taxi. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's All a curmudgeon, and now you can eat your curmudgeon M&M's. But it looks it, like I found the one where he turns, gets turned back. I wish I were an M&M again. Oh. And then... He turns into an M&M. It lands on the ground, and then somebody steps Ow. on it. So we must be missing the uh, link between, like, what happens between him being super excited. Well, he, he doesn't enjoy getting turned into a human because he gets hit by a bus. Oh, right. Yeah, whole thing's the a whole little thing disjointed. They disjointed. got a lot of pre-Super Bowl press for that, too. Yeah. A lot of buzz. But perhaps watching him roll around in chocolate is 
straight up disgusting. Very unsettling. It reminds me of, though, Augustus Gloop from Willy Wonka. Just like the gross, like, let's just dive into this brown Also not an appetite stimulant. Right. By the way, original Willy Wonka on Netflix right now. I watched it the other night. This has been your Netflix plug for (laughs) today's episode. Okay, what's your least favorite? You would think, if you had listened to the show last week, that there was no commercial I could possibly hate more than the Budweiser, look how great we are, we provided water during some disaster relief situations. And by the way, I, I didn't think that I had said it probably isn't even something they do. But if I did say that in, in last week's show, I apologize. I didn't think that they were making up their relief efforts wholesale. I just thought it's crazy that the the tone of this commercial is just, we are these quiet heroes at Budweiser who are just saving people's lives. And, and the way it's produced with this guy at the end looking at his wife like not all heroes wear capes, just like made bile come up in my throat, as we discussed. Um but Dodge found a way. Dodge found a way to at least give that ad a run for its money. Yes. Or I can't just choose the same commercial two weeks in a row to rant no, about. No, this is really bad. And I'm glad it's your least favorite because it is, I think, inarguably, I, it's inarguably the worst commercial that was aired. I just found the Eminem one uniquely disgusting. And I will say, I felt I felt really justified this morning waking up and reading the, the coverage because when I was talking about the Budweiser one last week, there wasn't a lot of coverage. It hadn't aired yet. And uh, there was a lot of negative feedback to that. Some people even claiming, I don't know if it's true or not, that if it cost them $5 million for that ad, assuming it was a 30-seconder and not a 60 seconder, which it might have been, there's a very real possibility that Budweiser spent more money on that ad than they actually spent on any relief efforts, which that's a real kick in the shorts right there. Yeah, that's not great. Anyway, if that's true, going back to to Ram Trucks, we were astounded in the room and waking up this morning and reading the headlines, we were not the only ones. We were astounded when we're just watching the TV. You see probably the Ram symbol. It's a giant boner of a truck uh, juxtaposed with images of people in some cases doing some heroic work like aid relief and stuff like that. It's a lot of like public service But in other cases, it's just somebody climbing an ice rock. In another case, it's a farmer out on the range. There's a fisherman pulling up a net in one point. I don't know if it's implied that all these people are heroes just because of their line of work, but across all of, or over top of all of these uh, images. A white American with a job is the most heroic person. And the majority of people, it's not all white, but by far the majority of people in this commercial are white. And here's the soundtrack. If you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's a new definition of greatness. By giving that definition of greatness, it means that everybody can be great. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know the theory of relativity to serve. Only need a heart full of grace. 
generated by love. Built to serve. Ram. And, and in case you were not familiar, that is Dr. Martin Luther King and his drum major instinct speech, which is one of his most famous speeches. Now, I understand one of the reasons why I'll bet you they gravitated towards this idea was somebody realized, oh, he gave that speech on the 50th anniversary to the day. Mm -hmm of the Super Bowl this year. And as we've seen and we'll maybe talk about more, a huge part of the uh, ads this year were these kind of, well, Luke was calling them woke as fuck ads, just like trying to like tap into this idea that millennials are really interested in services and causes, which mm -hmm. apparently there are some, some things backing that up. But you have to do it somewhat deftly. And nobody could believe that they would use a civil rights leader. I would also say that's a real dog whistle to um, an anti-intellectual strain of American populism. There, I, I actually read that speech very recently for mm. some work I was doing um, in my day job uh, in honor of Martin Luther King Day. And I, I read the drum major instinct speech, uh, which is all about how we have this instinct in us, the drum major instinct to like be recognized, but that... And that's fine, and that's sort of where he starts. You know, it's it's fine to want to be want to be those things, but the that instinct should be sublimated to our efforts to serve our fellow man. And if you want to say I was a, if you want, and so he says, if you want to say I was a drum major, in other words, if you want to recognize me, say I was a drum major for peace, say I was a drum major for justice. That's probably the most famous line from that speech. There's a the the line that they quote there is. I think a real dog whistle to like that kind of like you don't have to know anything to be to mm. to be good to be a good American. You don't have to know the theory of relativity, and that's true. You don't have to know the theory of relativity to be a good person or a good American. But it helps. But it helps. Yeah, and I do think, and we're seeing this a lot with a lot of like right wing uh, provocateurs. Like they are um, co opting the imagery and the language and the name of Martin Luther King. And I was shocked that his family signed off on this and yeah. they defended it today in the press and said like, well, you know, we felt that it honored his memory in terms of his belief in service. But I, I just wonder about their decision making. I was <laughs> wondering how, whether you needed permission at first. In some cases, some speeches are public, well, right? That, but, but, but that's that his actual was voice. I was just going to add that this is peak cherry picking of yeah. MLK's, quotes taking out of context and his legacy taking out of context because, you know, as we just experienced last month, you know, every year on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, people, you know, quote him about his, you know, ideas about peace and love and um, protest, but they never recognize that, you know, he, you know, had no love for capitalism or they don't really recognize that, you know, he was very... Uh, civilly disobedient yeah and so this is like a really great but awful example of ex exactly this happening in an ad form speaking of his not great love for capitalism somebody did an, an another cut of this that i think is much more instructive yeah and rosen you and nick sent this to us today this is um same images but they just took a different part of the same speech, yes, the, the, same speech the same speech, and laid it over the top of the uh, same Ram ad. Let's take a listen. Uh, the presence of this instinct explains why we are so often taken by advertisers. You know, 
are those gentlemen of massive verbal persuasion. And they have a way of saying things to you that kind of gets you in the bind. In order to be a man of distinction, you must drink this whiskey. In order to make your neighbors envious, you must drive this type of car. A ram truck. In order to be lovely to love, you must wear this kind of uh, lipstick or this kind of perfume. And you know, before you know it, you're just buying that stuff. And I've got to drive this car because it's something about this car that makes my car a little better than my neighbor's car. And I am sad to say that the nation in which we live is the supreme culprit. And I'm going to continue to say it to America. I have a tendency to keep on it's talking. It's uncanny. Yes. How directly it repudiates the message of this stupid ad. I, I have a I have a tendency to keep talking after I've made my last good point, just to get in hot water. And I know that I'm going to do that now. But I've now counting these times I've just watched it with you. I've seen those images now, probably seven times today. Um, and there is something very specifically. Um, kind of rural and maybe rural slash conservative about these images that we're seeing. Some, uh, you know, a white man coming uh, in fatigues, coming home from the front and hugging his little girl. A lot of these truck images, the uh, the cowboy imagery, all these things are yeah. kind of like rural real MAGA America. And there's something that is especially irritating, not just about any product taking over a, uh, a civil rights leader who gave his life for the cause. And you know years and years... Well, see, that's where I just... I need to... I just know that there are people who I know personally of a different generation who now, of course, Martin Luther King was a hero and we can celebrate him, but the way they treat social issues of today... They, they would are, never have supported him in the time. actively yeah. fighting against today's Martin Luther Kings. And the people who are f highlighted in this ad or the people that this ad is directed towards are those people. Absolutely. And that's what I mean about it being a dog whistle and it being uh, a way of sanitizing... Uh, civil rights and the civil rights heroes for for a conservative agenda, and I I think it's absolutely just despicable. Um, okay, so we've gone. Have we all gone over our faves and least faves? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well then we're done here. No, no. <laughs> uh, let's talk about a few more. Because um, now let's. I I say let's do a free for all, and you guys can just jump in as anything pops up. But I'll, I'll go with the show sheet you put together here, Vives. Um, I am still a little bit, and I'm embarrassed to say this, confused about the other Ram commercial that aired with yeah. the, oh, Vikings. the Vikings. Did you rewatch that today? I did rewatch it, and I still found it confusing. I also read that. It was a reference to, or I don't know if it was like a direct reference, like as in it was the same actors, or if it was just kind of an an allusion to, there's a show on the History Channel called The Vikings. Oh. And so I think it might have been a reference. The article I read said it was a reference to that. This The story is this: these Vikings are pulling their boat, their, their Viking boat with a ram truck, and then they pull their ram truck through the water with their Viking boat, and they're on their way to the... Uh, you know, the stadium in Minneapolis, but then they find out on their iPhones that the 
the Vikings, the Minneapolis, the Minnesota Vikings aren't playing. But there's also a standoff in the street between them and a bunch of more modern-looking Vikings. It's very confusing. And it's unclear. So, well, in case you don't know, the Super Bowl was held in Minnesota this year, and also the Vikings, you know, the Minnesota Vikings came very, very close to being in the Super Bowl. So I'm wondering if Ram made an ad that was aimed directly at Vikings fans and celebrating Minnesota, but then had to have a backup in their pocket in case the Vikings didn't make it to the Super Bowl because they turn on the radio at one point, they're getting close to the stadium. They see that it, it, you know, the little radio dial says it's like, you know, Eagles Patriots. And then they all get a look on them, their face of disappointment and they turn around. But that's after this weird standoff in the street where they're just staring down modern Vikings. So it feels so discombobulated. I feel like they had a different idea based on them going to the Super Bowl. Maybe. And then had this as a backup plan. I don't know. Your guess is as good as Rosen, but you are our Vikings expert. Right. I did go to school for exactly Vikings Super Bowl ad history. (laughs) And um, I'm still working on that degree, actually. Associate editor of Viking related commerce at Metropolitan Magazine. Can we talk about this TD Ameritrade ad with Lionel Richie? Oh, yeah. Is that uh, near the top of yours? Uh, I like this a lot. Um, I... I tend to like TD Ameritrade's ads. I think they generally have... I like them better than E-Trade anyway. Um, you have two guys sitting with Lionel Richie as he's exploring uh, their website, and they are trying to nudge him into saying all night long because, of course, that's his famous song. So, Lionel, what does being able to trade 24-5 mean to you? Well, it means I can trade after the market closes. It's true. So all evening long. Ooh, so close. Yes, but also all night through its entirety. Mm-hmm. Come on, all the time from sunset to sunrise. Right, but you can trade from from, from darkness to light. He's he's so funny here. He reminds me of a Peel character of a of a. George I was going to say character. the same exact thing. He gives a look there that he seems like it's almost seems like Jordan Peel is playing yeah. Lionel Richie. I was going <laughs> to say the same exact totally thing. totally to Lionel Richie's credit. Which speaking of, do we have the Keegan Michael Key commercial in here? Because th- we were talking over that yesterday, um, and I didn't watch it until today. Did you end up seeing it? I saw it last night, and then I forgot to add it today. It, um, I can't remember what it was for. That's how not... I mean, I, you know, it's fine. It was for one of those tax apps that will simplify your taxes oh, for yes, you. Oh, yeah, I have no memory. I, mean, um, I, I just... I remember the ad, but I have no memory what the premise was. I'm going to try to talk while I'm oh, looking rocket for... Oh, Rocket Mortgage. Oh, Mortgage. I'm sorry. Oh, that's so not right. taxes. He has okay. to make things that seem complicated simple. Right. So he explains so what something is in like human language. Yeah. So while people are going through various things that they come across in their walks of life, it begins, for example, with a young woman in a beauty parlor and the, who, what do you call that person? A stylist. The stylist. I almost said beautician. That seems out of... <laughs> Well, I think the words outdated. you're looking for here are salon and stylist. People who eat avocado toast do not say beautician. Um, he's trying to explain to her what he's going to do to her hair. It's very complicated. And there's uh, Keegan-Michael Key there to explain it in more simple terms. And then uh, this kind of continues throughout the commercial. I'm going to start with some balayage clip-ins, then razor cut up to a blunt angled lob. I'm dead. I'm back. It's going to be everything. What? He's going to make your hair long, then cut it short to make it big. Oh, 
Okay. What's the strongman? It's a pea protein gluten-free pate. It's a burrito filled with plants pretending to be meat. Last night took an L, but you're not a bounce back. What's an L? The rap singer took a loss, and now he's okay. Right. Every week I bounce back. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's actually a little appearance from Big Sean in that commercial. Living with his mama. Likes long walks. Doesn't have a car. Entrepreneur? Unemployed. Yeah, you can get a mortgage that avoids PMI, but there's no way to avoid MIP on an FHA. Now, hey. This will help. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. So at the end, he pops into what their financial planner's office to make everything more simple. I think I mostly like this. I mean, I'm, I was railing against just overusing celebrities, but I, just, I don't think that Keegan-Michael Key is overused, certainly. No. And I am basically in love with him. He's so, great. I mean, he's just so... He's such a pleasure to watch. He's yeah. so funny. This is an ad that... I, it was sort of forget, obviously very forgettable to me in the moment. I was like, oh, there's Key. And then I kind of forgot what it was even for. When when they, on the 50th time that I see this commercial, I'll, it will have like implanted itself in my brain. I think it has good staying power because there's a lot of story going on. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Yeah, it seems like a good commercial. I mean, no problem that is in the Super Bowl, but it also is just like kind of a good everyday commercial that could pop on while we're binge watching something, right? Uh, let's see here. Do we want to talk? We've talked about these serious commercials. Should we talk about the Paralympics one that it was like, I think it was officially the first commercial of the Super Bowl. Is that right? Maybe. It was very moving. Maybe. Not a lot of laughs. Not a lot of laughs. Another very, very earnest commercial. I think what we see is a a bunch of young kids. I think it's just one. It's, it's the story of her the whole way through. I think it's the story. I mean, it's supposed to be her. Obviously we don't have real footage of her, but it's a baby who was born. Um, with uh, no legs below the knee, basically. Um, but I thought there were... Oh, okay. I thought some of these uh, kids in here no, also right. were missing arms and stuff. No, you're right. They can't all be the same person because they're different races. Yeah, actually, that was a different... I think the ad I just clicked on was a, was the wrong one here. No. This is this is the ad here, I think, right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. She is missing her arms as well. So this I think is an arm. one arm, yes. So it says odds of winning a gold medal, and we see her being born, and it's like one in four and a half million, four hundred million. And then uh, you see, it's it, unclear if it's the same little, if it's supposed to be the same person throughout, but it feels like it should be since they keep lowering the odds. It is now that you say that. This was very confusing to me. Clearly, yeah, as she goes through her life, she's getting older and older, and she's trying out different sports and activities like ballet dancing. But as she does each of these tough, overcomes each of these tough things, the odds get more and more in her favor. Now it's one in ten, one in seven, and she's about to win the Paralympics. And it says Lauren Wollstonecraft. Wollstonecraft. Croft. Start your impossible. I mean, it's very moving, and I hate the Olympics, but I don't hate the Paralympics. It's for Toyota, though. Well, I've driven a Toyota. I mean, what? I know. It's just, again, it's not really for the Paralympics. I just want to make it clear because I kind of set it up like it was a Paralympic commercial, but it's... Well, I mean, like the Olympics and the Paralympics and the Special Olympics, all, none of them have their own. I mean, they, I think, like, all their advertising probably comes through sponsorships right sure yeah yeah i'm trying to remember what the tag was at the end i cut it off a little bit too quickly something about get moving or something (laughs) no that maybe that was michelle obama (laughs) (laughs) it's something about um start your impossible Um, when we're free to move 
Anything is possible. When you're free to move, anything yes. is possible. There you go. Um, all right. Let's see. What else is on the list here? Um, anything that you wanted to talk about, Rose? And I don't mean to dominate here. No, let's keep the show going. <laughs> <laughs> you are a great hype man. Um, in the category of commercials that I kind of rolled my eyes at at the time, but I liked a little bit better on second viewing today, was this Sprint ad where there's a guy in... You know, the scene is almost Westworld-esque. There's a Westworld quality to it. It also evokes a movie called Deus, uh, Ex Machina. Oh, yeah. Which I don't know if you saw. No, I haven't seen it, which is dumb. But right? it's, it's supposed to be really good. It's, it's really great. It's pretty good, yeah. And um, it's really creepy and kind of horrifying. Uh, but it's about a an, a an intelligence, an AI intelligence that's designed to sound and appear like a woman, pretty much like this Evelyn character, kind of just... You know, no skin or anything, like just robot face. So to set the scene... I got a real case of resting robot face. (laughs) If you have seen Westworld, this would take place in... in, like kind of the underground place where you have a bunch of scientists and they're mucking around with robots and running them in through these glass walled rooms. And these, and, and this is, it seems like it's after hours. It's very dark and there's just, there's a, a robot, like a humanoid esque robot, I guess an Android, uh, sitting behind a table behind a chess set. And you hear the scientist talking into his dictaphone, taking notes about the robots, I guess, ability to learn or something along those lines. Uh, you will, as the commercial goes on, you will start to hear other robots take part in the fun. This is the fastest progress we've seen from artificial intelligence. Evelyn continues to learn at an exponential rate. Only a week ago, I believe... Doctor, I still don't understand why you have unlimited with Verizon. Why wouldn't you switch all your lines to Sprint? What? I've analyzed the data. Sprint's network reliability is less than a 1% difference than Verizon's, yet you choose to pay twice as much. I never thought of that. I never thought of that. (laughs) We are laughing at your expense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, guys, it wasn't that funny. Laughter, laughter. You got a dumb face. (laughs) That is a pretty good line at the very end. The tiniest robot just says, you have a dumb face. And now we're about to cut at the very end. We're going to see him inside of a Sprint store changing his plan. And who's there, of course? But the guy um, that, what did I Paul. dub? His name is Paul. He used to be the T-Mobile guy. He used to be the Verizon guy. The Verizon guy. Can you hear me now? I call him the Jared of Sprint. That's, That's so unkind. He's just, they're just two annoying white guy spokespeople. One of whom is a famous pedophile. We don't but know. We, which one it is. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm so glad you caught me on with that joke, because number one, it was funny. Number two, it stopped me from actually committing slander on this podcast. So let's just finish off this commercial. He'll be back in the uh, Sprint store here. So what made you switch? My coworkers are making fun of me. Ah. Stop paying twice as much. I, I just think Paul is the smuggest spokesperson out there right now. I dislike him a great deal. But I like the robots. I like the robots. And they really make the case that Sprint is trying to make right now, which is, yes, Verizon is technically able to say they are the most, you know, highfalutin, best tested network or whatever. But the difference between what they charge and what they deliver is out of proportion. And I think that's actually a great pitch. But the robots did it better. Yeah. 
I that's just what they want for the future. Robots, we do it better than you. <laughs> yeah. Robots are taking all, all the Paul's jobs. It just occurred to me, I'm looking at our list here. I think maybe this. Can I tell you? This I, is a controversial topic, but this might be my favorite commercial. I was surprised this than, wasn't your favorite because I love this ad. Do you remember this one? Uh, this is for um, Coke has a new line of products. They're they're totally rebranding Diet Coke. Diet Coke, and they're coming in these skinny, tall bottles, kind of like your special Lacroix there, Genevieve. Oh yeah. And they have uh, special flavors now. Definitely trying to get into that market of people who are. Not into traditional sodas, yes. but are now they're trying. To oh, they're totally trying to bite the Lacroix. They're the Lacroix of Coke, right? <laughs> and in this ad, it's just a, a woman, you know, assuming she's a working actress. But I've never seen her in any. I don't. Before. I haven't either. Her name is uh, uh, Haley Mag- Magnus or Magus. You look this up. Yeah, um, and she. I think it's Magnus. Haley Magnus, and she's a. a a nice looking woman, but kind of, you know, kind of unconventionally pretty. She's very tall and thin um, with long blonde hair and kind of a blunt cut bang. And dressed in really like clothes that accentuate her gangliness, yeah. sort of. And then the, we will see as the camera pulls out that she's also wearing these like really bright rainbow socks. Yeah. She's clearly like marches to her own Beat. Yeah, she's like a you know a freak and a geek and all of that, and she's just standing in front of a, a yellow wall, and I think she says something about this is for mango flavored, yes, mango diet, diet coke, coke. I think, and she says something about her soda. Why do I like it? I don't know. And then she just starts dancing like and, the and soda. narrating her own dance. Yes, and it is the weirdest dance, and I love it. So before you play this, and I think yes. it's worth playing. These were just going to be web, like 15 second web only, uh, but hers was so good and they liked it so much that they turned it into a really? fully fledged Super Bowl ad. Yeah. And so did I see good in your for notes? Her. Did Paul Feig really direct this? Paul did I Feig see that in your it. notes? Yeah. That is so crazy. Well, I'm going to play this, but I mean, it's all, all visual. I really highly recommend if you guys haven't seen it already, go to the uh, After These Messages Facebook group and uh, watch this. Diet Coke Twisted Mango. Because she takes a sip. Here comes the weird dance. Oh. That's why. Can't help it. Hey. <laughs> Still going. Maybe slowing it down. Maybe it's getting sexier. I don't know. Mango does. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I would try Diet Coke Mango now. Yes, yes. I really hope to see. I don't know. I just not only. I don't want to just see her in more things. I want to see this character in more things. I want this character to yeah. have her own sitcom. Absolutely. Directed by Feig. Directed by Paul Feig. Oh man, I love that. I don't know. Do I like that more than the Tide one? The Tide one seems. It seems unfair to compare them. One is a one-off of a woman doing a weird dance in front of a wall, a single shot, and the other one is this kind of very. Multi-tiered, yeah, advertising. Oh, they're very, they're different kinds of ads, but I think you know, there's room for. We can love them all. I thought it was a pretty good year actually for ads. Yeah, nothing. I mean, you know, the, there's always going to be one that makes everybody see red. Um, you know, this year it's the Ram, Dodge Ram. Last couple of years ago it was you know more halftime in America, whatever. You know, Clint Eastwood got up to in his senile brain, <laughs> <laughs> like. You know, there's always one that's like right. too over the top or like dog whistling to red right. states or whatever. But like I thought by and large, it was like neutral to positive this year. No McConaughey. 
Yeah, boy, you're right. He's so overexposed. Yeah. Um, So we set this one up. Uh, Amazon had released a a trailer for, or it turns out they released the first 30 seconds of a one-minute ad that aired during the Super Bowl. Uh, We played the first 30 seconds last week, and the premise is that a woman is brushing her teeth. She asks Alexa for something, and then Alexa starts coughing, and she loses her voice. And then we see um, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Sorry, we just don't get much Amazon coverage in this part of the world. So it makes sense. That, that's one of those things where two sentences ago, I started to say, don't forget his name. And then I got really distracted by don't forget his name. Um, so we see a little acting from Bezos. He's like, Alexa's lost her voice. What are we ever going to do? And his uh, his the, his number two says, don't worry about it. We'll figure something out. Now, you and I, Genevieve, and this is where we have egg on our face. You and I thought, oh, they're probably just going to get a bunch of celebrity voices to do shocking Alexa voices. And uh, boy, we couldn't have been more right. Yeah. Alexa, show me a recipe for a grilled cheese sandwich. Pathetic. You're 32 years of age. Why, you Gordon don't know how to make a grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah. Its name is the recipe, you well, like that would be a crazy idea to have Gordon Ramsay do the Amazon voice. Mars. Oh, how far is Mars? Well, how am I supposed to know? I've never been there. This guy want to go to Mars. <laughs> For what? That's Cardi B. She's kind of funny. She's at this. the best so part. Great. You, you She's can. the best part of this. Cardi B reading everything for anyone is yes. always solid. Yeah, I gotta say, I was being a little snarky, but she definitely saves this damn comer. Go- starting with Gordon Ramsay is just so insulting. I think Gordon Ramsay is the worst part. Um, why don't you let it play through? Okay, and we'll, yeah. we'll talk about. The I, other I went back to the beginning of uh, Cardi's part here. Well, how am I supposed to know? I've never been there. This guy want to go to Mars. <laughs> For what? <laughs> There's not even oxygen there. Let's just set the mood. Now setting the mood. You're in the bush. This is Rebel Wilson. you're just so dirty. And we see Rebel Wilson uh, actively... Um, kind of setting the mood live. She's in a bathtub somewhere looking very sultry in a bubble bath. And it's so sweaty because it's hot in that bush. Alexa, rebush, re- reboot. Alexa, play some country music. <laughs> More Cardi. No, no, Alexa, country music. Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, call Brandon. I'm afraid Brandon is a little tied up. Oh, I forgot. And then Sir Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Sitting in a garden full of peacocks. Jessica? Good boy. Thanks, guys. But I'll take it from here. Uh, It was exactly what we thought. I mean, so predictable. I mean, yeah, Yeah. Cardi B is delightful, so that helps. But it was like... Tick off a whole bunch of different uh, celebrities from different kind of walks of life or mm-hmm. what have you, different areas. Try to check all the boxes. Yeah, at least there wasn't like at least there was no Blake Shelton. Yeah, you mean the sexiest man alive? Yes, right. They, I can't they, even remember his name. We saw a commercial with him. Yeah, yesterday. they did like, a oh, commercial the for the Voice. Alive? Oh yeah, <laughs> the commercial for the Voice. I would never watch the Voice, but they kind of got me because Kelly Clarkson really like brings it home at the end. 
Um, all right. Anything else on your guys' list? Well, I like the Jeff Goldblum Jurassic oh, Park, but we yes. don't have to play it. Yeah, but it's just it's like just a callback. It's called it, right? him Goldblooming it, but I mean, how how do you not love that? And it's mostly him just driving a Jeep Wrangler, but it's and like all kind of mumbling to himself. Yeah, right? he's driving a Jeep Wrangler, but he's kind of like reenacting this the famous scene from Jurassic Park where he's sitting in the back, but now he's driving the Jeep. Mm-hmm. He's also rocking a black turtleneck and black leather jacket like no one else can. Yes, yeah. yeah. He owns that look now. I think I tried to say this yesterday after like 15 beers and I don't think it came out right. Probably won't come out right now either. But like I cannot think of a celebrity who has uh, enticed me, enticed me, no, that, that has won me over more and more the older he gets and the older I get. Mm-hmm. And maybe that that probably speaks a little bit to my lack of cultural knowledge, especially as a younger person, to pop not, pop culture and stuff. I hadn't even seen Jurassic Park until, until a couple years ago. Until you were well ago. into your 30s. Um, so I, Jeff Goldblum was just, you know, an actor. I didn't really think much of him. I didn't see him in a lot of stuff. I guess he's always had a reputation for being quirky. But the way he's leaned into it in the past decade yeah. has just been wonderful. Yeah. And so far, he hasn't, he hasn't overdone it, I don't think. Was he a late gold bloomer? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's why we're not going to pay you your check from last year. Um, Andrew, I see you have a couple here you wanted to touch yeah, on. Yeah, let's do this. Um, I'm not going to play it, but there's a Kia ad where Steven Tyler, who is of Aerosmith fame. Oh, the guitarist and lead singer of Aerosmith? Is he a guitarist? <laughs> He's not a guitarist. Whatever. But that is, I'm going to have to explain that. I'm sorry. Right. It was Get Shorty 2. Is that the movie that we're thinking of? Yeah, you and I saw it in the theater for some Be reason. Cool. Oh, that's right. Be Cool. Be Cool 1. Be Cool 1. <laughs> <laughs> there is a scene where, do you remember, is it, is it um, Uma Thurman is in that, I think? Yeah, I think it's Uma Thurman. And, and she is apparently old friends with Aerosmith. Right. And they get together. It's her and Steven And Tyler. she like saves the day because she's able to like get Aerosmith to come do some important thing that they need. And at one and they're supposed to all be really good friends, but then at some point Steven Tyler, when he sees her, he's like, Oh man, Joe Perry asks about you all the time. <laughs> or it's like if you guys were really good friends, you wouldn't call him Joe Perry. So when say, Andrew Joe and I make fun of that you. all the time when we say Joe Perry guitarist from Aerosmith asks about you all yeah, the time. That's like one of those inside couple jokes that it was just so funny at the time. So I think I leaned over to you in the theater and I said, guitarist Joe Perry, Aerosmith guitarist Joe Perry asks about you all the time. <laughs> and then we just say that to each other to make each other laugh uh, whenever anything is overexplained in a movie. Um, anyway, in this one, this is a terrible, this might be my second least favorite after those those other schlocky ones. Um, Steven Tyler, who is just, you know. Jerkified. He has got a very specific body type at this point. In his life. <laughs> that is a put it, that is putting it mildly. I mean, he is all I mean he came out of the womb looking old and and super He is skinny. Benjamin buttoning it. Or not. No, the opposite, just, I think. Well, right? like, he started out old. He's and now aging. He's, now he's also getting older. Yes. <laughs> and I guess it's like, called Steven Tyler again. Yes, he looks like a mummy. He Well, actually, again, Luke said on the show, he looks like if you were watching one of those Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and then Jack Sparrow, like this guy is next to Jack Sparrow. Yeah. And like, you're just going to make a new franchise based on this guy. That's what 
that's what Steven Tyler looks yeah. like in this. He gets into a Kia. He's gone full fay pirate. Now you realize at the end of this commercial that they were even accentuating how old he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, this wisp of a husk of a human being, of a rock and roll legend, gets behind uh, the wheel of a Kia on a, like a racetrack. But instead of going forward, he starts driving the car backwards faster and faster and faster and faster. And somebody in our crew actually pointed out, oh, they're Superman tooing this. Yes. And so we realize when he gets out of the car, he drove backwards so fast so many times that he turned back time and he gets out of the car and he is he is now a young man but he is a young man who has found himself in the uncanniest of uncanny valleys because they use cgi to try to make him look like a young man or maybe they took old images of him and tried to put it on a new background whatever it is it almost feels like his face is floating on his head yeah it is disconcerting it is more disconcerting than what he looked like when he got into the car, and that is saying something. Yeah. No, he's he's really uh, he's really Xboxing it up in there. It is just and again, like, is that the message that Kia wants to send? That like we should try to keep our youth. It's a whole the whole message is just like it feels like an idea in search of a pitch. Mm-hmm. And and I agree. Like, I don't think it's effective on any level. Um, okay, I have two things I want to mention. And again, I feel like I'm ball hogging. They should have so had can... Ice Cube do it. And then like he gets out in his... But then you get his son. Because Ice Cube's oh, son yeah. is like a dead ringer. Because he played him in the movie, you know? Right. And I mean, you cannot tell those him like young Ice Cube apart from Ice Cube's current day son. What if modern day steven tyler gets in the car uh-huh. and then modern ice cube gets out of the car i like it yeah <laughs> I like, turn black time <laughs> no, turn black time. oh that's wonderful and right on the edge uh i want to mention i don't have to play the um i don't have to play the audio of it but as far in our tiny little focus group I would say the commercial that actually got people talking the most about a product was a very simple spam commercial. Spam has released these 15-second commercials and aired one of them during the Super Bowl, and it's very straightforward. It's close-ups of people frying spam. Uh, They have a whole new ad campaign. It's uh, based on this idea. Actually, maybe I do have to play it to remember. It's like... Spam is a portmanteau for spicy and ham. That's the original. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, this is a Hawaiian delicacy. We're getting it close is, to is your... It is a staple of the Aloha State. Um, and they have, a new, uh, they have a new campaign where they're trying to change it to... Hold on, let me just play the damn thing. That's a good sizzle sound. Yes. Spam. Don't knock it till you fried it. Sizzle, pork... And mmm. That's what they're trying to rebrand spam as. Sizzle, pork, and mmm. As you noticed, uh, the sizzle is a huge part of the campaign. Sold. Sold on the sizzle. You know, I've never had spam before. Spam has been kind of mocked for what so do you mean long. You've never had spam. Never before? had spam. Even in Hawaii, I always get Portuguese sausage. Really? I'm, I'm sure you've had it in the fried rice and stuff that we've gotten at I Hawaiian mean, restaurants. if it happens to be in fried rice, and I don't know, I mean, maybe as tiny pork cubes, but like I've never like ordered a Spam-centric thing. Okay. My family was very kind of, my family was one of those families in the 80s that would make fun of Spam. Meanwhile, we're eating shit called cottage ham that I'm pretty sure is just like the ass of a pig. Yeah. Right? Like, yet, for some reason, because spam was such a cultural joke of an older generation, we just kind of laughed about it. It was a punchline in our house. Uh, and spam knows that. You heard the the tagline on that one was, don't knock it till you tried it. Till you fried it. Till you fried it. And I think it's, they didn't have to come up with a super crazy 
idea for this campaign because the second you play 15 seconds of spam in a Super Bowl commercial, people start saying, did I just see a spam commercial in the Super Bowl commercial? How can they afford that? When's the last time you had spam? Well, I had it once. I went outside for a little bit. I came back in. People were still talking yeah. about spam. I think there's the Hawaiian food has had a, a sort of a renaissance and that that's helping get spam out there more. I, I don't eat pork, but I have to say I watched that and I was salivating. Like I, I kind of wish I could eat that, you know? I don't eat pork. That's a money move. That's that's what that Cardi B commercial just put in my head. <laughs> Both of you guys. Boy, it's funny when I get two. Sometimes I just get Genevieve's disapproving look. Coming at me. <laughs> never... I had to look up into the corners of my brain to see if I thought it was funny. And <laughs> yeah. came up empty. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last thing that I wanted to mention, and then I will shut up. Uh, and we can either end the show or just leave the mics open for a while. Um, that would be a fitting and it would be a fitting follow up to this talking what point. What I'm about to mention. Yeah. Uh, if you watch the Super Bowl, you are probably aware that I think it was maybe the th- third or fourth commercial break. The uh, They tossed a commercial break and nothing happens. The screen goes black. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about, the whole point is to get the room to shut up in a Super Bowl party so that everybody is paying attention to it. <clears throat> this is the only time in our tiny little party where everybody stopped talking. It was a vacuum. And yeah. we all just stared at this black screen that ended up lasting 26 seconds. And I was convinced that at the end of this blackness, it was just going to like flash a URL or a hashtag or even just a date. Two period one nine period twenty eighteen, and everybody was gonna freak out and be like, "Who just spent thirty seconds of dead air yeah. just to promote something mysterious?" Next year, somebody better do that. Somebody will. Yeah, they should have done it this year because this year it was just a mistake. Yeah. It was just an NBC technical glitch that lasted twenty six seconds. And NBC's trying to talk about how they didn't lose any money on that. Oh yeah, how are, I saw you had a link. How are they spinning that? They are just saying. Um, they're just basically saying. Nuh-uh. They're saying it didn't cut anything out of the game and it didn't cut any commercials. Well, I guess if you have a certain amount of commercials, I don't know exactly how that works because once the game goes on for a while, you don't know exactly how long it's going to last. There must be some... Or exactly how long the breaks are going to be between some of the activities. Although I do think when you get to this level, I think think the commercials actually kind of dictate what's happening a little bit on the field. Um, But... Uh, but yeah, I could like I mean, if they didn't. I guess the only way they lose money is if they didn't air somebody's commercial. But you have to air the commercial. People don't just buy commercials like for whenevs during this game. Like people buy specific commercial breaks during quarters, and I mm-hmm. probably even more specific than that. I mean, for one thing, if it's a blowout, the the commercials at the end of the game would you know. You pay. I think you pay less for a commercial at the end of the game because if it's a blowout, you have fewer eyeballs. Now, yeah. obviously, this was a squeaker, so I'm sure that those commercials were very, very watched. Yeah. Um, but, like, you can't just, like, throw it in anywhere. I mean, even from, like, public radio, you know that. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's specific when you have to do people's announcements. I did think it was interesting that this blackout 
so the announcers tossed a commercial. It's 26 seconds of blackness. Then it does come back to the game, which there's something about that that I'm wondering, did they maybe toss too early? And so they didn't really lose anything because there wasn't supposed to be a commercial oh, there. Oh, they thought they could get in a commercial. Who then knows? suddenly someone said, no, they're coming back before 30 seconds. Maybe. So just, maybe I don't know. somebody panicked. I want to know what's happening in like right. the control room while it's black on it for 26 seconds. Here's Long enough I, for us to all be going like, What's happening? Here's what I got from The Verge, and I I think this is going to be more frustrating with the lack of information here. The Super Bowl briefly went dark tonight after what NBC attributed to a brief equipment failure. So it doesn't, so they're not saying it's human error, which kind of belies what I was trying to say. A brief equipment failure during a commercial break in the first half. Instead of any ads, viewers just saw a black screen. NBC claims that no commercial time nor game time was missed. If it had lost ad time, the seconds could have cost millions of dollars since they cost $5 million for a 30-second spot. Um, so, yeah, not a lot. Oh, oh it was Tide tweeted out. This will wrap it all up. Clean clothes are still clean in the dark. If it's clean, it's a Tide ad. So that was, again, Tide just co-opting every commercial. And, Bravo, and Wendy tweeted yeah. shade at McDonald's um, saying, oh, did you deep freeze? Did you flash did you flash freeze the the game? Is that why oh, the game's right. off right now? Because Wendy's had an ad that was there. Apparently, this online persona of snarky Wendy that we've talked about on the show is now leading their ad campaign, yes. and and snarky and Wendy going is going after McDonald's hard yes. for freezing their beef. Yeah, I'll freeze your beef. I wonder if Amazon jumped in on the um, on Twitter as far as like. Alexa lost her voice, and we lost this black space of ass. (laughs) That would have been clever. They definitely should have. All right. Well, that's it. That's all I had. I feel like I I ball hog the show, though. No, that's fine. I I I'm sure that there are ones that we didn't talk about. Um, You know, ad council, write in. Let us know what we missed that um that we didn't talk about that was really uh, memorable to you. Um, you know, for instance, there was a Scientology ad. We oh, didn't yeah. see it here, but uh, probably like LA and New York folks saw the Scientology ad. I will, I'll take that one to the woodshed next week if you want. All right, yeah, let's talk about that next week, maybe, because I know that you are a fan of the Church of Scientology. You're uh, considering joining. I'd like to know if that fan. pushed you over the edge huge or not. Huge fan of being a total sucker. Okay. Anyone, anybody want to say anything funny before we uh, hit the closing? <laughs> for music once. Here? No? Anyone? Can we say one funny thing? God damn it, I'll freeze your beef. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, we'll do some uh, ad council next week. It's yeah. a special show a week early this week, so breaking format a little bit here. Uh, yeah, Rosen, thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. Thank you for watching it with us um, in the actual event. Thank you for being here. Um, and Anything to, to plug? Obviously, yeah. as I mentioned before, you're an editor at Seattle Met Magazine. That's what I do. I'm an editor and writer there. Um, you can see my byline all over the place. But yeah, thanks so much for having me two whole nights in a row and oh, tolerating right. me. We weren't recording yesterday, though. I'm sorry I coughed over your... Swan song here though. I apologize. Twenty six second blackout. <laughs> <laughs> what about Twitter? Do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Sure, they can. They can follow me at uh, Rosencal. That's R O S I N K A L. Rosencal. All right. Ad Council, you know how to find us. You can find us on Facebook at After These Messages Show. It's the Facebook group. You can email us at After These Messages Show at Gmail. And you can call us 
at 607-444-5597. Wow, you did that off the top of your head. I forgot to put the number in the did script. Did I get it right, time. though? 607-444-5597. Right. 607-444-5597. I, the thing is here, ugh, I'm, we have to wrap it up. I have some more... Uh, was it Bodak Yellow jokes to make? Uh, maybe we can put them into next week's what? show. Is a more bo- Cardi B jokes? Cardi B. All right. You're just talking Wrong gibberish. Cardi B. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Genevieve and Rose will be hosting next week. Kittens, puppies, 401ks, Bobos, yuppies. Yeah, I'm talking about wine drinkers, bald head man, Klux Klan, swine thinkers. What motivates you? Let's go around the room. I want to own a boat one.